Welcome back, everybody, to the Six Pennies Podcast. It is an NBA-themed podcast. It's Sunday night. We're going to release this on Monday morning. So obviously, Mock, there is so much going on in the NBA. Like you said a few podcasts ago, the NBA offseason is undefeated. Let's go ahead and just jump right into it. We don't have Timmy today. I'm not sure. Maybe we should just phase him out and become the Four Pennies Podcast. <laughs> it's all right. We just want to get some reactions out there. There's... Man, Shams and Woj are going nuts right now, and it's it's only day one. Yeah, it's only day one. You're right. It's it's really only the first day of July. Um, what is the? We'll touch on LeBron obviously later in the podcast. Um, but from a Houston Rockets fan, Houston Rockets perspective, I want to hear what your thoughts are. Chris Paul came back for the supermax, like CP3, I CP three unfinished yeah. business. Yeah, like I expected. He wants to run it back. Uh, we'll see if we have the money to really run it back. But I, I was and still am very sad about my boy Ariza uh, leaving for greener pastures down in Phoenix. Uh, he got paid. It's his last big payday. So I think I'm happy for him. But it, it, it is going to be tough to replace him. How old is Trevor Ariza? It, it feels like he's been in the league forever. Like He Lakers, has. I mean, this was Magic. his second stint with the Rockets. I think he's 34. Five this year. I feel like 34. he's had like multiple stints with the Rockets and multiple stints with the Lakers. <laughs> uh, oh, he's only oh wow, he's thirty three. Thirty three. Uh, wow. He he's had a really good career for a second round pick. Like that was that's really good, and especially like I know my boy Maxwell always makes fun of him from not being able to dribble, but that's a really good career for someone not being able to dribble and. Second round pick coming in the league. His athleticism isn't really off the charts. He just he just grinds out there. Yeah, you know me. I've always been a fan of Trevor Ariza. Um, I think one of the biggest difference makers for the Golden State Warriors in, in this crazy dynasty or era they're in is Andre Iguodala. And I see yeah. I see Ariza basically in the same mode. I mean, part of me is glad that you know if he is going to leave, he's not leaving to another contender, so we won't have to go against him. Uh, but Wait, you don't think Phoenix is contending? I, I have no idea what Phoenix is doing. <laughs> uh, they uh, they're a little lost. They're they're at least a couple years away. I don't even know. Do they have a coach yet? I have no idea. Is That's it still Earl uh, Earl Watson? No, I think he got, <laughs> he he got fired. I think he got fired. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on down there. Uh, I, I assume they're kind of banking everything on on Trevor Booker. De- Devin Booker. De- Devin Booker. Devin yeah. Booker. Um. But yeah, the Rockets, they're, this offseason so far has been pretty quiet. Like We all know uh, Capella is a restricted free agent, and uh, we'll, we'll touch on Dallas a bit later, but since they got their man in DeAndre Jordan finally, uh, they're out of the Capella sweepstakes. And You're welcome. Lakers, Lakers yeah, thanks. <laughs> Lakers keep signing people. So they, they had a kind of meeting on the table with Capella, but uh, there's really running out of rooms, running out of teams for Capella to get money from. So we, we might have, or we as in the Rockets might have a lot of leverage in that discussion. Capella would be such a good center for LeBron too. Um, yeah, but now now he's got JaVale. <laughs> JaVale, championship pedigree. Love it. Love it. JaVale, Lance Stevenson, KCP. Um, I think we got another guy. I can't believe I'm saying we. But the Lakers got another person. I mean, you know Kawhi is coming. You know he's coming. Sooner or later, um, Lakers got to kind of give up the bag to get him. But before, let, let's discuss we first. Uh, are, you, <laughs> are you still MFFL or I'm still MFFL. As a, as, a, as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I want us to suck for five years. I don't understand <laughs> this. Um, we're not close, first of all. We're, we're not even close to a playoff spot. This move for DeAndre, I think, is a facade from Mark Cuban because he's done with tanking. He's had two back-to-back horrible years. I mean, we got two guys that um, I'm pretty high on, Dennis Smith yeah. and Luka Doncic. Right. Um, but even then, they're still a few years away. Dennis Smith is 20. Doncic is 19. It's not like we're going to be contending for even a playoff spot. I think if we even get to... 35 wins, 35 to 37 wins, which would be a 10-win improvement. I think people yeah. overestimate like how quickly it can turn an NBA. 
Unless you get like a LeBron, a Kevin Durant, James Harden, someone like that, then yeah, you can have a 20-game swing. But 10 games is actually pretty legit. And if that happens in 2018, 2019, I consider that a success. But that's what you don't want. I don't, yeah. I mean, we have top five. So we gave up next year's draft pick and it's top five protected. So obviously we would want to suck and get another top five pick. But... Like I said, Cuban, Rick Carlisle, Donnie Nelson, I think they're over it. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is you guys are young and hoping for you know a big leap forward from Dennis Smith, uh, hope, hoping he can find a semblance of a you know solid jump shot going forward. And, you, I mean, you guys got a lot of playmaking, a lot of shooting ability with, with Doncic. So the future's are you, pretty bright. Are you, are you a believer in Luka? I'm a pretty big lever out of that draft class, yes. I just feel like like the top few teams, like it's hard. It's really hard to draft a white European guy first overall. <laughs> so I think they were t- put in a tough spot. Um, I'm, I'm not as big on Aiton as, as most are. Yeah. Um, I just don't know if he fits. He, he looks the part, but I don't know if he fits like the new NBA. You know, like I feel like teams, you know, he, he's, he can be maybe really good put up good stats on a bad team. But if he makes the playoffs, like teams are going to hunt him out. And I I don't see him as like a Capella type being able to turn on, on the defensive end and, and match up with those wings. That's a good point. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot to be seen for Deandre Aiden, but um, it was almost like they, they just couldn't pass up, you know, an athletic yeah. seven footer. So it is what it is. It, it was a good draft for the, for the, uh, for the Mavs, like getting Doncic, there at that point and even top five protected that's that's pretty crazy yeah. um yeah i agree with that and i really like our second round draft pick jalen brunson out of villanova yeah. winner i think he's he won two at nova um so yep. he already has more rings than everyone on our team um, <laughs> you're all about that championship pedigree man yeah i am today i am it's true <laughs> i love it making money moves yeah, I mean, I'm also pretty high on the Rockets' uh, second-round pick, Melton. I'm surprised he fell all the way to us. He's another one of those kind of defensive-minded guys hoping to kind of fill the void left by Beverly from last year. But before we go to LeBron, I just want to say maybe a couple of things that I'm looking for uh, the Rockets' offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the second year, second maybe third year in a row Rocks have been trying to get rid of Ryan Anderson's contract, and I think this is a year we finally do it. Who's, um, who's so, going to swallow that? Right, so there's only a few teams. You know, you got to find a team that's not trying to contend right now. Uh, most likely, we're looking for like a three-team, multi-team deal. Uh, but the ones that make the most sense, it, this one always makes too much sense for me. Like, we would trade Ryan Anderson and a first, for like a slightly better contract in Kent Bazemore. Um, I don't think he's in the future plans for the Hawks. And Kent he Bazemore. also has two years left on his deal, just like Ryan Anderson. Mm-hmm. And they would get a first for it. So if they're in rebuild mode, I, I, I feel like it almost makes too much sense. Um, but another name I've heard, you know, the kind of Batum type, uh, type guys. But we'll see. Uh, I think people are getting antsy, Houston's camp. Like, Houston fans don't really know what to expect right now because there's not really that many rumors flying around to begin with. Uh, not like last couple years. You know, last couple years, on day one, you know, we kind of knew we were going after Iguodala, after P.J. Tucker, after J.J. Redick. And this year, it's like we're meeting with Michael Carter-Williams. MCW. Rookie of the year, man. Rookie of the year. I mean, it's, I'm hoping that's not for the MLE or anything like that. But, but yeah, we'll see. I, I trust Maury, and, and I think this summer is finally the time when Ryan Anderson gets traded. If y'all get a Nicholas Batum type, then I would legitimately be like, I mean, I think you guys are already a contender, but I'm actually very high on Batum. Um, yeah. I, I really don't know how he is post-injury. I think he had a pretty serious injury the end of Portland and before Charlotte, but that is the type of player that can really bring you guys over the top because it's, it's kind of like a younger Ariza, if you will. Yeah, no, exactly. But, yeah. I mean, from looking at it from a big-picture perspective, you guys brought everyone back but lost 
cover Ariza. So how can A, you guys um, get back to where you guys were this year or maybe even further? And then B, if, if no moves are made, if MCW is the play, would, do you feel good about next season? Yeah, because moves are going to be made. Like, we still have Emily, and by no, like, by no means, CP3 is just the first domino. Like, we, we, you know, we technically don't have Capella signed yet. We still need to figure out what we're doing with Eric Gordon. Um, uh, Luke Mbamute is a free agent as well. Uh, there, there's a lot of pieces that we need to figure out for next year. Like the only, the only for sure's right now are CP3, PJ Tucker, and James Harden. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot of work to be done, um, but we we have a first to to kind of spend, and um, we will see. Next next piece is is Capella. So wait to see if anyone signs into an offer sheet, and then we'll. I'm guessing we'll match whatever it takes, uh, but. Looks like it might not even come down to that. So why has yeah why hasn't anyone offered him? I mean a contract. I mean a lot of people are saying it'll be the max, but why hasn't that happened yet? Is it timing? I I don't really know the NBA rules in terms of the dates. But well, I there's not that many teams that with cap space. Like oh. Dallas needed a big, and they were I think the biggest s- suitor for Capella. Yeah. But then when you guys went and got DeAndre to DJ. Uh, to, verbally agree uh, that kind of put it into that and then Lakers have the room but they keep signing like KCP and, and these other guys so yeah we'll see um, okay let's let's talk LeBron <laughs> oh man I know it's it's the you know Twitter age information age it's all about getting information as quick as possible like you said everyone thinks they're Woj and so they they want to expose news really quickly but I was in a league game tonight, and I had ah. no idea until I finished. And our team and the team we played against was like, dude, oh my god, LeBron is going to LA. <laughs> and that just took over the conversation the rest of the night. And I haven't really been following because it's, you know, there's like 50 million tweets per minute about it. So <laughs> yeah. I can't really follow what's going on. I just know it's LeBron. I know it's KCP, JaVale. Hawaii hasn't happened yet, but I think it's going to happen or else LeBron wouldn't have gone there. Um, I'm excited, A, because, not because I, I'm, I love the Lakers, but it's mostly because I don't have to freaking cheer for the damn Cavs anymore. Like, you don't know how hard it is to cheer oh, for man. a Cleveland team. It's so hard. It is so hard. I, I can't believe it's not more difficult for you specifically to cheer for the Lakers. It might, it might, it that might is, end up being, but right now I'm like. I think like, you're gonna hit yourself in, in like a year, man. Like, to be it, right. Uh, like, come on! You remember when you were living there and you had to live in that crap? <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was definitely my most hated team. So growing up, <laughs> growing up, it was the Spurs, and then during my college years, it was the Lakers, and then moving back here is probably the Warriors. Yeah, it is the Warriors. Um. Yeah, we just want to dethrone the Warriors, man. From an NBA fan perspective, I don't care. Like, if I mean, I cheered for the freaking Rockets last year. That that shows <laughs> you that I can cheer for anybody. Um, I just want the it, Warriors to go down. That's really it. As a Kobe hater, uh, you consider yourself Kobe hater? I don't hate Kobe, but I am not as high on him. Obviously, right. as Kobe stands, but even as like just indifferent. Kobe. Okay, so as a Kobe realist, we'll, we'll call each other that. Oh, that's a good point. Are you, is part of you happy that he went to the Lakers, that he's going to take some of the spotlight away <laughs> from, from Kobe? I mean, I'm, I see a lot on Twitter that um, people think it's still Kobe's team and all this BS. Man. It, it for sure will be, but it's kind of the equivalent of, you know, two really good guys on one team and, like, kind of stealing votes from each other, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, no. legacy wise, both of their legacies are are gonna be a little lessened because they had to share this kind of Laker experience in my mind. No, that's but, that's true. Um, like before, there was no team that was as big as LeBron James. Like he was Cleveland, right? right? right. But now he's joining a historic team with a lot of history, a lot of yeah. banners, um, a lot of Hall of Famers, retired numbers, all of that. But I don't think he's worried about 
the you know the the legends that came before him in LA just because he's that big. Yeah. One thing that I mean, kinda... he's he's definitely not worried about Kobe's legend. Oh yeah, yeah. But one thing that surprised me from a LeBron standpoint is that he signed for four years. Is that shocking or what? What do you think caused that decision? Were you, were um, you know, because one thing that was were you big for like him. Two, were you expecting like two years and then the player option on the second year? Yeah, like he has been because he's essentially run every single post off season. And, and now I don't know what to make of it. Four years is crazy. Like he's going to end his career yeah. essentially as a Laker so, uh, with, with no decision of his own on where he's going or yeah. what happens with the team. So A, I really do genuinely believe he wants to end his career as a Laker. So he's yeah. going to re-sign with them after the three or four years. And then B, I think he saw, even though he was basically a free agent every year in Cleveland, yeah. it was almost counterproductive for him because it kind of like strapped the front office there in Cleveland to make moves for the future. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, uh, yeah, we can trade for Paul George, but can you guarantee that you're going to be here next year? And they never got that guarantee. So now with a minimum of three years in L.A., Magic Johnson and Rob Palinka can really work with that and be like, hey, um, KD or hey, Clay Thompson, you know you're going to get minimum of two more years of LeBron. You know, like it's yeah. a bigger bargaining chip. That's, that's fair. That's a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, as an NBA fan, I am... It's Glad crazy, right? That... It's freaking crazy from an NBA fan. Whether you hate the Lakers, you hate LeBron, you, whatever your fan is. It's going to be is, really weird seeing him in Lakers, purple and gold. Yeah, yes. it's, it's just crazy. Think about it. It's crazy. It's crazy even though that was where it looked like he was going 24 hours ago. Thinking about it now, it's still crazy. <laughs> um, man, it's – but you're right. I am happy that you know, there looks like – the makings of assuming Kawhi, a Kawhi deal works out, yeah. that it's the makings of a team that, that can break up the dynasty in, in Golden State. If you were San Antonio, what is the minimum that you would take? Like, you would have, like, who, who would you have to include outside of the draft picks? Uh, it's hard to say. I don't, I don't know if I want ball and the <laughs> yeah. kind of drama with that. Yeah. Um, and, and, me, myself, I'm a big Kuzma guy, or definitely Kuzma over ball. So Kuzma at the minimum with the draft pick. Uh, and Hart, I think, is the only other piece, but I, don't, I still don't know if that's enough. Like, I feel like other teams might be able to do more than that. Yeah, I, the, the deal you just said there is, is definitely not enough. I mean, a lot of it is going to be contingent on Kawhi and his camp and, right. and whether he's just gonna be like hey i only want to play in la but i think from the three young three-headed monsters so lonzo ball brandon ingram and Kyle oh right Kuzma, ingram forgot about him. <laughs> they have they have to include two of the three i think at the very minimum yeah so if i'm if i'm the spurs yeah ingram and kuzma are the ones i'm going for along with the draft pick um ingram like, his game still needs a lot of work, but, man, Pop could do wonders with him, especially on the defensive end, I feel like. Oh, yeah, for sure, Like, man. yeah, him and him and that point guard they got now. Uh, who's that point guard? The John really, Murray. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Them two on defense would, would be amazing. Um, but, yeah. Ah. So, let me see. Who – do you think Kawhi deal gets done, like, in the next week? Or do you think this is going to kind of drag on to the middle of the season? So I, I, if you were to ask me yesterday, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever, I was really, really confident that it was LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George. Paul George, yeah. <laughs> I, I think whatever he had decided today or yesterday to go back to OKC, um, I mean, it's, it's an okay move, but I think it's telling in the way that Maybe he doesn't have that, like, I don't know, like, all-or-nothing alpha, I'm-all-about-rings in him. Because 
if you were Paul George and you knew that if you were to sign in LA and it basically guarantees, you know, LeBron and Kawhi as well, you are instantly a championship contender. And I think him choosing to stay in OKC, knowing that Russ is there and whatever happens negatively will always be on Russ, is kind of weak on his part. Oh, you see it from that side. Yeah. Um, I think the kind of... I think it's crazy how big a deal him going back to OKC was because it shows the new age of the NBA. Like, him being loyal <laughs> to his team and, and re-signing there is, is kind of getting spat on a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It, him, the, the kind of picture in your mind, right, of the, that big three, you know, LeBron, Kawhi, and Paul George, that's, that's insane. That, that is an instant contender. Yeah. But there, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just being sentimental, but I think there is something there, something to be said about a player remaining loyal in today's day and age. I don't know. I feel like he, he realized he can't handle, I don't know if handle is, is the right word, but when you play with a guy like LeBron, and we saw it with Kyrie when he wanted to leave, it's a different type of light on you, a different type of shadow, different type of pressure that you have to play under. It's constant yeah. scrutiny, and I think it showed that Paul George didn't want to do it. I think he wants to stay mm-hmm. in a small market team. I don't know how much money he ended up giving up by deciding to leave Indiana. Because if he mm-hmm. had just stayed in Indiana and then got the super max and all that kind of stuff. Sure he would have got he could have gotten a lot more money, but I mean I'm kinda I'm kinda sad about that, but I think yeah. um I think Magic when he came out and said that this is a two summer plan, you know, like you can't get everyone in one summer. He um, said that this summer? He said it like two days ago. Oh okay. Um, and so he I think he knew already that Paul George wasn't coming. Right. But he tried to save the summer by signing LeBron, and he obviously had confidence that. Yeah. Well, just wondering, where do you put Paul George in relation to, to Kyrie? Like, skill-wise? Yeah. I mean... Like, Paul, r- ranking. Like, Paul George as a number one, or Paul George as a number two? I, I mean, because I'm trying to... You, you made the comparison of, of both of the decisions to leave or stay, and... Or, or leave LeBron, but obviously Kyrie wants to be the man, right? Yeah. And and Paul George staying in OKC. I mean, he knows he, it's it's pretty much always going to be Russ's team. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like he doesn't want to be the man. And well, but he wouldn't be the man in LA though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very fair argument because I was going to say like there's going to be a time where LeBron is going to have to pass the torch. With that being said, though, LeBron yeah, is still knows, LeBron. Man. Yeah, even <laughs> even when he's thirty eight and just averaging yeah. like twenty minutes, he he still would have, you know, the LeBron shadow yeah. aura around him. But, I mean, are you saying all this because of what happened with the Thunder this past year, or or just in general? Because remember, you know, this time last year when when he got traded to OKC in the first place, like yeah. people were hyped. Like this, I was, was I was super about- hyped. I yeah, was like, so. this this team can can legitimately bring down Golden State, but I don't you think, think that's any, still true. I don't think anyone envisioned how quickly Melo dropped off. Right, like he okay. he he became twenty five million dollar spot up shooter that can't shoot. Like it was it was really bad, and I mean, and then also I mean, like there, there's still a chance he gets waived though or cut. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And they were actually and, rolling, right? They were rolling before the Roberson injury. Yeah. And, I mean, that would have been a really awesome three-team at the top of the West with yeah. OKC, Houston, and Golden State. But at the end of the day, it was still Golden State's conference to lose. Yeah, no, that's and, fair. And they, you, you and I both agree, they lost it. It's just they got lucky because Chris Paul yeah. got injured. Yeah, matchup-wise, uh, you know, assuming health, which you can't really assume, but assuming health on paper with Roberson, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, like, they can match up with Golden State defensively. Um, it's just more a matter of their offensive sets or, or lack thereof. It just turned into a whole bunch of ISO. 
and and really inefficient ISO at that. And and what sucks is Billy Donovan is actually known for awesome offense, awesome motion and passing and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's back real, in Florida. Yeah, yeah, but it's really you have to play with what you have, and when you have a Russell Westbrook, it just your offense just changes. You know, like you just have to play the style that he wants to play, and that's ball dominant ISO pick and roll. Um, yeah. I think I think the biggest thing for them. If they really want to jump up into to like championship caliber contending team, um, outside of you know Russell and Paul George staying healthy and producing, but Stephen Adams has the potential to be like a top, like an All NBA center in my opinion. Whether it's third team, but he just I feel like he just I don't know, man. There's he's kind of stagnant like he's his game has stayed at the same level for a few years yeah true. I, I don't know i don't know about adams uh part of me feels like he, like obviously we've seen all the you know pick and roll alley-oops to, from russ to adams and whatnot and and he mans the paint really well i just don't know if he fits in today's age as well as he should for a number for you know first round pick um because I mean that was their big pick that they got from the James Harden trade, and yeah. and he's put up numbers. He's he's kind of solidified that defense, but they need shooting. They still need to find that wing shooter, maybe not named Carmelo, that can kind of three and D guy. If Carmelo gets waived or bought out, is he going to LA with LeBron? It's it's gonna be the same thing. LA with LeBron or or with CP. So <laughs> yeah, and then we'll you'll get to hear. Timmy moan and complain again about Carmelo. <laughs> oh man, this it's just it, I don't know if it's really hit me. Like there's so much when it comes to sports in the last couple of weeks, there's so much going on like me being able to see Tiger Woods live in person and then now my favorite basketball player is on like the most historic basketball team <laughs> of all time. Um, I don't I don't think it's fully hit you. I mean, I know you want to support LeBron, you know, no matter what. And I, I respect that. But trade for the Lakers is a different story, man. Like, <laughs> that, uh, you, but you're, why, you're forgetting about, like, four or five years of your life. But, okay, so how and I kind of, our friend Hal, how uh, and I kind of got into a, um, got into it a little bit last week talking about, like, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I basically, my argument was basically saying, Dallas is really like a tier three NBA franchise. If you if you put LA and Boston with their history as tier one, so those two yep. are tier one, then tier two would be like the Bulls, the Warriors, um, you know, Spurs, maybe Pistons, like heat, teams that have won it like you know three yep. to five or seven times, potentially the Rockets. Um, and then after that, you have teams like Dallas, who's won it only once. And we've only been in existence for 40 years. So the reason why I bring that up is, let's say I do cheer for the Lakers, like with my heart for the next two, three years, and they pick up Banner 18, 19, and 20. As a Mavericks fan, like how does that really hurt me? I'm just a tier three franchise. <laughs> right? You can't break it up like that, man. Like this is... But I, you, but I, you cheering I for the Lakers be. is what you and I hate about <laughs> sports fandom, right? I, you're, you're, you're talking about cheering for two teams from the same <laughs> conference, from the same not division, but the same side. Like it's, it doesn't make sense, man. I think in the last couple years, I've trained myself really well to do it because my teams are so bad that it's easy to cheer for my team for like eighty percent of the time. But when LeBron is playing or when Houston is playing the Warriors, I can cheer for the other side because it doesn't really affect me, my fandom as a Maverick. And so, yeah, it's, oh, it's annoying. Uh, I definitely even magnify it by the stuff that I say and do because I know it, it gets to people. Um, but, I mean, I, I think that's where I'm at, man. Like, <laughs> I think you need to figure out which sports generation you're really going to be a part of because you're like all in on the millennial side right now like just this kind of bandwagon like follow the player and then cheer for that team that your favorite player is on um but you're you're mffl man i am MFFL. That, that 
how does that change though? How does that change Cause, when I'm cause, sharing? Because <laughs> we agreed, or I thought we agreed that you know this sports fandom is mutually exclusive. Like you can't be cheering for like the Yankees and the Rangers and the Red Sox. Like you can't do yeah. that. Like but Lakers, I, in a lot of ways, they were your they were for sure your most hated time hated team for a good amount of time of your life. Yeah, uh, and there's some history there between the franchises, right? Like there was some beef there uh, in the playoffs. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, the only beef is we swept them four zero. <laughs> and it, we and people okay this is a sidebar but LA was the defending champion in 2011 Kobe yeah. Bryant was close to the peak of his powers Kobe and Powell Bynum all that they had just won back-to-back championships and we swept them and yeah. people don't really give Dallas credit in that series but it, it is what it is um, I do want to shout out Caleb Wu who is a huge huge Kobe Bryant fan and I guess by extension, a Lakers fan. But during my league game today, uh, when I got when I finished the game, I checked my phone, and he go, he goes, "Albie, welcome to LAL. Honestly, no better person to carry on the dynasty." And now me and him are going back and forth, trying to pick like what LA swag to buy. Um, yes, I think I, I want. I I think I'm already like I already want the Minnesota blue blue jerseys you know the minnesota lakers blue jerseys lebron 23 that is going to be so clean that that is clean i had that in kobe number eight um i just don't know i, I think you're going too far man i think <laughs> you, you you're so far past the line it's it's I, I i need to give you some time to cool off man it's a uh, it's individual athlete fandom right it's not teams I'm, i get I'm, it i I'm get com- it especially I'm now in. that I'm, dallas I'm Clement teams. Young right now, man. I'm Clement Young. I love John Wall and the Wizards, and I love KD and the Warriors. That's how he is. But he doesn't have a team. <laughs> like, he doesn't he, – he's from Austin, man. Like, he doesn't have a sports team other than UT. You – I mean, I get it, though. Like, I know the temptations there when, when your personal sports teams are rebuilding and whatnot. But, man, you got to draw the line somewhere, man. You gotta draw a line somewhere. I mean, Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, literally just signed a guy for twenty-four million, the same guy that spurned us three years ago. <laughs> like, how how can I cheer for that? Honestly, how can I cheer for that? It's it's painful. Like, I are, are you gonna cheer for them when he gets Chandler Parsons back? See, like stuff like that. Like, <laughs> you're, like you're trolling me, but at the same time, there's like. A seventy percent chance is going to happen, you know. Like it's yeah, it's really there, there's annoying. There's something really weird going on with Cuban and Parsons, man. And like they they got some weird romance going on. So as a Dallas Mavericks fan, I can cheer for the Mavericks and hope for the the best. But sometimes, um, I mean, just like the guy in office right now, sometimes you just have to go the other way, and that's gonna, you know, ex- just create more conversation. Maybe, maybe because right now the Mavs have like this phantom six hundred game sellout streak, which everybody knows it's made up. But what if we finally boycotted a game? You know, like finally showed Mark Cuban that WTF are you doing? Because you, <laughs> but you, I mean, overall, you do feel like the team's going in the right direction, though, right? Yeah, at, at this point, like I said, I'm I'm good with Dennis Smith. I'm good with Luca. We still have to move West Matthews, um, but after that, I think we are set for um, a run maybe two, three, four years down the road. I think uh, another perspective is I can see why he wanted DeAndre Jordan. Um, maybe DeAndre brings, first of all, DeAndre is very durable. I think he's played like 80 plus games in the last six or seven years straight, which is awesome yeah. for a center. Yeah. Um, secondly, I mean, he does improve the team. Be- before DeAndre Jordan, I think our centers were either Dwight Powell or Salah Mejri. So anything better than those two is a win. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think Cuban, Donnie, and the front office have a good reputation within the league post-2011. Because how yeah. do you win the championship and then break, the- break up the team the following year? And I think that really resonated with the players, the agents, families, whatnot. And so I think he's trying to rebuild that reputation. And I think this is 
the first step in showing the league, yeah. the players, that, hey, I'm trying to win, and I'm going to pay you if, if uh, you want to come here. Yeah. I mean, there's no denying that signing DeAndre Jordan does technically make the Mavs better. But I think you're right, your previous point, that the Mavs aren't that close um, because they signed DeAndre Jordan instead of signing like a, like a Capella, right? Yeah. Like if you sign Capella for a multi, to a multi-year deal, uh, like it shows that you're you're getting there. You're you're a step away. You're you're close. But signing, especially Jordan for just a one-year deal, um, it's kind of like a wait and see approach. Kind of see see how it goes, and then and then kind of have money left over for next offseason. Yep, one year is the key there because we're gonna have max money available again next summer when it's you know Clay Thompson and KD and. You know, uh, what's his name? Una Brow, Anthony Davis, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns. So it's it's a loaded free agent class again in 2019. NBA offseason, man. Undefeated, man. Undefeated. It is. It is. So Kawhi Leonard, I can't even like check my phone because there's just so many tweets, but I think it's going to happen this week. And I can't wait for like on Instagram, I get to watch LeBron and Kawhi practicing together this summer. That That'd is awesome. gonna be really. That's a that's a sick duo. Um, but if they give up Ingram, I mean Ingram, not too worried about from the Lakers standpoint. But Kuzma, Kuzma's big. I think um, I think Kuzma will be included in any package they have. You're right. right. A lot of people are very high on him. He's also a late first rounder, so it's amazing value. Um, yeah. He's he has to be a part. Of the deal, but that—that's the shooting on the Lakers right now. Unless they're going to go bargain bin hunting again for, for kind of the you know old Ray Allen type that that kind of follow LeBron around. Um, it's going to be tough to to find the shooting that they need on that team because you're going to have you know assuming Ball's still there, so it's going to be Ball, LeBron, Kawhi, Julius Randle, Vance Stevenson. JaVale, I mean, that that's uh, not very many shooters, if any. Yeah, they're, they're definitely going to pick up. They have to pick up at least two more. I mean, it has, yeah. to, has to be guys like J.J. Redick. Maybe Corver's going to be bought out and rejoin LeBron. Like, yeah, those guys, those type shooters will have to come. You have to start somewhere, right? And yeah. LeBron is a great building block. What do you think uh, Lonzo Ball's role on the team is going to be? I actually don't think he's going to stay in L.A. Um, really? Yeah, but if he does you think stay, the, you think the Spurs would want him? I, I don't think so. I, yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. It's. I don't think anybody wants him, but I just don't think he fits well with what they're trying to build now. Um, yeah. But if I'm wrong, and if he does stay there in LA, obviously Lonzo is a is a very bad shooter, but I think he has great basketball presence, good IQ, and I think they. LeBron just needs players like that. Um, what do you think about uh, Randall then? Julius Randall is a free agent, so I don't think he's coming back. I think they're gonna. Well, he's he's restricted. I think he's restricted. Uh, yeah, so they can they can relinquish those rights, but yeah, I don't know because it doesn't seem like he fits that well with with LeBron. Um, I yeah, just think they need shooting. All. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. He he's almost like the. Dion Waiters, a big man, right? He's just going <laughs> to very uh, tunnel vision. He's going to do his own thing, try to take it coast to coast. Very, very Dion Waiters. Yeah, weak um, defensively. Yeah. So here's, here's a question for you. Would you rather have, let's just say the money is equal if you were to resign both of these guys, would you rather have Julius Randle, young and up, up and coming, and you know all the faults that he has, or Boogie Cousins coming off an Achilles injury? Boogie, for sure. Okay. You go for a ceiling, man. You go for ceiling when you assemble a team like this. Because um, even, yeah, I, so I agree with you. Even though he probably won't be ready, he's going to be ready by the playoffs, and that's really all you need, right? Yeah. And sometimes LeBron's going to need a breather, and he's going to post up Boogie, and Boogie can get you buckets down there. And so, yeah. Um, Bo- Boogie gives the Warriors trouble, man. True, by himself. Yeah. Uh, he's 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 a load to hit, to deal with. It's it's still only the first day of July, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's day one, not even twenty four hours in. 
like it was it was like 23 and a half hours ago that Woj started bombing and uh it was that eastern time eastern time zone midnight man yeah it's crazy because it's only like nine o'clock on the west coast so it's still (laughs) it's still sunny when when he's (laughs) dropping these bombs um but apparently what happened was Matt, when LeBron flew into LA yesterday morning, um, Magic basically just met him up at the front door of his house, and yeah. they they just talked for hours and hours. And LeBron made a decision quickly. I think when he when Paul George quickly announced that he's staying in OKC, that's when LeBron's camp said, "Hey, let's meet with Philly, just do our due diligence." But I think at that point he had already agreed verbally agreed <laughs> to to Magic. Yeah, LeBron didn't even go, right? No. He just sent, like, his, his team. Yeah, just Rich Paul. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's, there's there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, so, Daryl Morey, I, I still trust in him. Uh, but all these GMs are, are just making phone calls and texts left and right, trying to See, get like, ready for the regular season. It would be so much easier to cheer for Dallas Mavericks if I had the same confidence that you have in Daryl Morey. That that is that is fair. It's just yeah. it's so hard, man. It's it's. I guess Who it's is so the Dallas GM? Is it Donnie? It's Don. It's they. They call it the triangle of trust. So it's Donnie, Rick, and Mark Cuban. But I think in title it is Donnie Nelson. Yeah, I mean Mark Cuban is great. He he really transformed the league in a lot of ways but maybe just not the best talent evaluator so let's touch on this for a couple minutes and then we can end the podcast but when uh, i alluded to you know me and Hal's conversation do you agree that the mavericks are not like when it comes to nba historic franchises i mean i i agree but i also understand why how would be angry that you said that? <laughs> like this is this is this is your team, man. Like you can't. Um, but yeah, I get it. I think in a lot of ways that the 2011 finals isn't remembered for even the Mavericks winning. It's it's more LeBron losing. Um, yeah, and let's say let's say it is remembered for that for the Mavericks winning. At the end of the day, it's just one in 45 years. You know? Yeah. Um, we don't have like we don't have Hall of Famers. We don't have players with numbers retire. I mean, we have like Derek Harper and and people like that. But it's not like I it's all Dirk, yeah, yeah. It's all Dirk. It's it's really all Dirk. And I love Dirk. He put Dallas on the map. Um, but the fact that one guy put Dallas on the map really shows that they were nothing before him. Before, yeah, no, that's that's definitely fair. And I, I think it's. It's tough doing revisionist history for the Mavs. Like, you can say, you know, you shouldn't have let Nash go to the Suns and that where he won back-to-back MVPs. But, I mean, he was he was 32. That was before the whole Mike D'Antoni, like, seven sex or less Suns. Like, it's, it, it's easy to kind of criticize in hindsight. But of, of all the moves in the past, I guess, your fandom of, of the Mavs, like what is, what are, what are some of the worst moves you can think of? So outside of the dark trade in 1999, yeah, almost every year has been a bad move. <laughs> if you look at, I, I'm not going to go to Wikipedia because it just pisses me off, but if you look at the first round draft picks, and this is even under Don Nelson, who was, you know, widely known as like this offensive genius yeah. who can really determine and and see talent and he can scout that for the nba game and all that kind of stuff like he was i don't know what they call it like a a maestro right but if you look at his tenure and his first round draft picks from samaki walker to chris ancy to like just these guys that are straight up bust um who's the best one in the past 10 years other than the past couple years. years, couple seasons. Ten years, it might be Jay Crowder. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right? He was late first or mid first? He was late first, and he yeah. ended up getting traded, obviously, during the Rondo yeah. move. But even our trades, think about it. Like, Rondo, 
Lamar Odom. Um, it just. But did you not like the Rondo trade when it happened, though? I loved both of those moves, and I think yeah. those were moves from Cuban post-2011 that showed, hey, I still do want to win. Even though I broke up that team, I still want to make a move to win. Um, mm-hmm. But no one could have uh, predicted that Odom was like basically you know, high all yeah. the time and going through his stuff. And then Rondo and Rick just never worked. That's another thing. Yeah. Like It's hard. I think a lot of players and a lot of NBA fans now realize that it takes a certain type of player to play with LeBron James. Because yeah. when, you, when you trade for someone like a Rodney Hood or a Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance, who are good in their own right. You yeah, know, Paul, I, I said they were all, two of those players, not Nance, but Clarkson and Rodney Hood, I remember tweeting out that they were really underrated when they got him. But then Hood didn't get any playing time in the or I don't think until it was too late. And then Clarkson would just... I, I, I mean, I'm just reading off tweets, but I think he was really bad in the finals, right? Yeah, he, he was horrid. And I think at, the, at that point, I mean, even before the finals, it, it all comes down to, in my opinion, like mental fortitude. And it just mm. takes a certain type of guy. I'm not saying it has to be a superior, mentally stronger guy, but it just takes a certain particular type to play with someone like LeBron James. And I think yeah. that's very similar to being coached by someone like Rick Carlisle because he's also yeah. very uh, taxing. He expects a lot from you. And I think when he wasn't able to give the reins to Rondo, they just, they just couldn't work. I mean, yeah. that, that Dallas-Houston playoff series when Rondo basically threw in the towel, like, it's just yeah, that it's was embarrassing. strange. It's embarrassing, Bizarre. man. Yeah. Okay, so last question for you before, before you can close it out. Um, as a new Laker... I don't want to say fan, but follower. Um, do you think Luke Walton is a good coach? Oh, man, that's a tough question. So I'm, I'm also very, when I rank franchise tiers, obviously I only had two in the top tier. I'm very similar when it comes to coaches. I think there's only a couple that are legit. Okay. And then everyone else are average to above average. And I think Luke Walton falls in the average crowd. So tier two? I think he's better than Ty Lu if if you want to compare those two. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. But it's, do you put is it crazy? in the top tier? Isn't it crazy that LeBron and Luke Walton were in the same draft? <laughs> <laughs> LeBron was number uh, one man. overall, and Luke Walton was number thirty-two overall. Isn't that crazy? Um, we're old. We're Sp- old, man. Spolstra, Spolstra is borderline. So I think he is the above average, and if okay. he's if he's able to bring another you know under talented team to the playoffs or even win it all in the next five to ten years, I think he's up there. Yeah. Okay. So Luke Walton, you would say not the best coach LeBron has ever had, but he's the best one since Spolstra. Yes. Okay. What do you? Yeah. Think? What we'll do you see. think? I I think it's gonna be a circus, man. Like it already is in LA. Um, and there's just so much, it's crazy. Cause I mean, obviously it's a historic franchise and there's so many expectations there, uh, real or not, but they, you're talking about so many personalities and not even the ones counting the ones off the court, like LeVar Ball, like kind of always in your ear, always criticizing you. It's a, it's a tough gig, man. Yeah. Being Luke Walton. Yeah. I um, and I, I mean, I'm sure LeBron and Magic discussed that, right? Like, who's the leader? Um, what is expected out of Luke Walton? Like, all that kind of stuff. And I guarantee you, Magic said everything that LeBron wanted to hear. So if LeBron wants Luke Walton out, Luke Walton will, will be fired. Yeah. I don't know. Just from a personal standpoint, like, how would you, if you're the number one pick in the draft class and your coach is now in the same draft class, like, 30 <laughs> picks later, like, yeah. is it hard? It's got to be so hard to respect what he says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. Um, but you know LeBron, he's not going to be able to play with someone or play under someone like a Greg Popovich anyways. So it's, yeah. it's I don't know, it is it is what it is, man. LeBron's a coach already on the court himself, and he's just going to draw up his own plays, and he's going to do his own thing. Um, I think what really 
really, really killed it for him because I'm pretty sure if all things were equal, I think he would have preferred to stay in Cleveland if they had the yeah. right team. And I'm sure with that being said, he wanted to pull for someone like Ty Lue. But after game one of the NBA Finals and you saw that <laughs> two-and-a-half-minute clip of him on yeah. the bench asking Ty Lue, hey, we didn't have any... He, he, the way he asked it, too, was like, so we didn't have any timeouts, question mark. Knowing he probably knew the <laughs> he probably knew the answer, right? But he wanted Ty to basically admit that he effed up. And when it it was clear that, you know, J.R. Smith and all that, but the fact that yeah. his he didn't even have like an average coach there to call a timeout, <laughs> um, he was over it. He was uh, done. It's tough. I mean LeBron technically could have called it too, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I think LeBron's, it's just LeBron's, chaotic, chaotic LeBron's not at fault, that's for sure. But LeBron also, I don't know, had fifty-one, eight and eight, and won, and beat the Warriors single-handedly until that moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. That's enough NBA talk for July first, man. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. Please check us out on Facebook, Six Pennies Podcast. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud. If you have a moment, please like us on Facebook and also subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, if you can subscribe and give us you know, a review or anything like that, that would be greatly appreciated. We are going to have a giveaway very soon. So the more likes and the more followers and the more um, subscriptions we get, uh, the bigger the prize will be. So thanks again for following. Thanks, Mock, for joining, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Later, man. All right, bye.